Hey there, guys, and welcome to Good to Meet You on today's podcast. I'm just doing a freestyle, fully open talk about what it's like living without the mind. I'm going to tell you guys some crazy stuff about what I'm going through right now. Like, it is surreal, some of the things that I'm experiencing. And I'm not joking when I tell you guys, it is kind of scary because it just, I'm coming from a place that I've never experienced before. And it's not something you can share. It, it's very odd. So buckle in, grab some popcorn, and get ready. Because we're going mind diving here on Good to Meet You. Without the mind, I am free. I say that fully and completely present right now. I don't think that I've ever been this clear. And when you experience this level of clarity and this level of just full understanding, you know it's a scary place to be because there is nowhere to hide and the illusion of the mind is dismissed. Where do you have to go if you're not daydreaming, if you're not stuck in some illusion? Where do you have to go but be here right now? I know I am completely engaged. I can't meditate anymore. Because I am so in, I can't get out. It feels slightly confining. Like, there's nowhere for me to go and i'm i'm fine with that i really am fine with that but it is slightly concerning picture sitting quietly you've just uh you've just read a little bit so you know that you're kind of in the space where mentally you can bounce off of your own kind of perceptions and comprehension but i'm in a place where there is no narrative at all like literally nothing for me to to draw off of or to relate to i have no conception of like planning or i mean sure i can plan if i need to like i'd like to plan guests for the podcast or you know the future move that I, happening in in 10 days from now these are all things that are going to happen naturally but i'm in a weird place where i don't know that I have like an inner monologue happening. And what is scary about that? Because you think that it would be fine. But what is scary is that I don't think that the monologue that I had previously ever really played a factor in what I'm experiencing now. Like I just and it, what is odd about the whole thing? Just just the whole thing. Am I enlightened? You know? Is that a conversation that people have with themselves where they're like, oh, yes, you are awakened. Not just awakened, but enlightened. You've seen through the veil, and now you are here constantly. Is that what enlightenment is? Because I feel like, I think enlightenment has to do with the attachment, and then once you can see through the attachment and just be it changes the game 
Am I enlightened? Am I awakened? What does it mean to be in this state? And from what I've seen, all the you when you Google it, what does it mean to be enlightened? Or how, ten, it's like ten steps to show that you know how you're enlightened. But all of those steps, it seems almost like fictitious that you would go and search. How do I know if I'm enlightened? Does someone know that? Can you search that on a website? And they're like, well, if you if you have this and this, and I don't think anyone is qualified to tell you if you're enlightened. You just know. So I feel like I'm enlightened, at the very least awakened. And all the other stuff is just stuff. It's just stuff. And, and, and right now where I'm at is just clear. I'm very clear and serene. Like I'm like a I'm like a pond, you know, glassy. And if you throw a pebble in there, it'll create ripples, but eventually it it evens itself out, you know? And I feel like I just I'm just in that place where I'm not even I'm not even rippling anymore, you know? You're not the drop of water. You're the whole you're the whole pond. You're not the wave. You're the whole ocean. That's how I feel. I'm just part of it. And I'm ebbing and I'm flowing and I'm going with the river because that's where the river takes me. It has nothing to do with me. And the me that I'm talking about is simply just the the place that I'm sitting from, the the witness to it all. It's very odd. And the fact that I haven't been able to, you can't explain something like this to somebody. You can't mentally wrap your head around the conception that you are here right now to explain that to someone else is impossible and you tear yourself up i'm doing it right now i'm trying to explain what it is to be enlightened to people that may not get it and that's hard some people this make a way over their heads because they just don't they can't conceive of a reality in which a 32-year-old white male living in California can just wake up to the reality that God is real and we're all connected and we all are just living on this ball floating through space in this giant universe and it's all fine. It's all part of the process and I'm part of the process and I just feel like I'm wrapped up in this crazy cocoon of you know, misconception. Like, I want to explain to people how silly it is that they go through their lives, you know, following these other people that are doing, you know, what they like to do. Like, just like I'm doing, like, I, what I want to do. It's all just part of the process. And those people that awaken to the reality of their condition, their situation, and they're like, freak it, dude. I'm going to go do something fun. I'm going to go have a great time. And that's what they're doing. That's what I'm doing. I just feel like it's a game. And every day that I, I I experience people suffering, 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 and they're stuck in their suffering. And it sucks. It's terrible. And it's terrible for them. It's not terrible for me. You know? That's their karma. That's even if you if you say that's their karma, do you get do people get offended? If I told you, you know, oh, well, it, Whatever you got to deal with me, whatever I bring out in you, that's your karma. That's your karma, and you're seeing the message from me. You're you're being. I'm I'm sending you a message, and I don't even want to send you a message. It's just that's what you get 
out of hearing me. Whatever it is, that's what you get out of hearing me. It's not about me. Just like this. You know, this is just a, this is for me to just say some stuff. I have no, you know, in I have no goal. I have no anticipation that I'm going to do one thing or another. It's all just going to happen. It's going to happen whether you want it to or not. And the fact of the matter is, all you can be is there anyway. All you can be is simply available. And if you're unavailable, you'll miss it. Every time I say something, you may get something out of it, and you may connect the dots, and then you are there where I'm at. And that's fine. That's actually great. I can't wait for it to happen. I can't wait for it to happen for you. And when it does, you'll say, oh, okay. But some people never get to the oh, okay moment where they can then be here but also everywhere else. So what do I mean by two places at once or you know whatever? Because you can't be physically two places at once, but mentally you can definitely be more than two places at once. And that's simply just your awareness. The reason that I say with other people is that mentally they're in a different space. They're in a different location than you. They are not engaged in the present moment where you and I are sharing a conversation. They are simply on a different in a different wavelength and a different headspace and so that's why when i talk to people i'm connecting with them at the level that they are at wherever they're at i'm connecting with them there if they're thinking about things that are going on in another location or you know or that's the intention of their mindset then you just stay receptive to that and those are things that you experience at at all times and so as you continue to grow your understanding and your availability for other people's space, then it just becomes so much simpler. When I talk to somebody on the phone, for example, or when I talk to anybody in real life, they may not be here. They may be somewhere else in their own feelings, you know, caught up in work or caught up in, you know, somewhere in the Middle East where something horrible is happening. Like, I, who knows? But that's where they are. They don't know how to be here because they're so caught up in their mental thereness. It's a process. And when you break through the process, you realize that the mind is just a tool, just like everything else. Like your body is a tool, you know? You learn how to use it. You learn how to, how to get good at things with it. Think about it. Think about running. Think about weightlifting. Think about anything that you do think about your mind how you use your mind as a tool it's a processing machine and you are the director you have the power to make it process whatever you want it to but that only happens when you're in control of your mind and i've gotten to the point where i'm in control there is no narrative about how i see the world at this point that's enlightenment that is definitely awakening, but that's how it has to happen. That's how it happens. And so when you go through the process of sitting quietly, watching your thoughts, watching those you know uh, feelings that you that crop up when you see someone or something, you hate Kanye West. 
Kanye makes you feel away, and you're trapped in that view of Kanye West. Just like you're trapped in the view of your stepmother. I don't know. No, no offense to stepmothers out there, but you know, you're caught. You're caught in the illusion. And when you break through and you see that that's not the reality, that's just your projection of how you feel because you had this conception of how they were. I had an amazing conversation with um, my girlfriend's friend's boyfriend, Ryan. Ryan, listen, bud, if you're out there, I want to tell you, first of all, thank you for being so receptive to our conversation. We went out, had a great time out on the out in the city. We had a couple bar hops. I wasn't drinking, but I I was able to connect with Ryan, who I had felt like we just didn't connect. We didn't make it didn't make sense for me to hold on to that miscommunication. And so I told him I was like, "Dude, I'm sorry because I don't think I was in a place where I could receive you the way that you were supposed to be received." And once we got to talking, we hung out. We were having a great time. We were chatting it up. We were having a, a, a stellar chat. We were talking about podcasting. And, you know, like when you can connect again with people without the illusion of, of the mind clouding your experience, there is a breakthrough that happens. And I got to experience that with a guy who's really, really genuinely wonderful and, and thoughtful and just wants to be accepted for who he is. And, you know, self-deprecation or, you know, whatever has been an obstacle in, in some people's lives. And they continue to put themselves down because of one way or the other or, or projections that they put out into the world about themselves or about other people. You know, there's a lot of finger pointing. And there is a point when you come to that and you say, I can drop my opinion about this. What you feel about Kanye won't change Kanye. Most likely, they've come to the realization that your opinion about them probably doesn't matter. I can imagine that... I like Kanye, by the way. I mean, I don't I don't like his music recently, but I like a lot of his old stuff, you know? But he... I think he's, a, like, a, a fantastic musician and lyricist and composer. Like, great. You kidding me? But people don't like him because of, you know, how he acts. Like, listen, that's not the that's not for you to decide how he acts. That's for him. That's his deal. And you can sit there and roll your eyes, or you can sit there and dislike all of the other people. There's very divisive people I could have said. I like Kanye because Kanye is an easy thing. Because I could just say, well, Kanye, Kanye old, Kanye new, whatever Kanye that you know about, you can just be accepting of somebody. And not judge them. And I think that when you get in that space where you're no longer the thinking mind, the judgments fall away. And you see just people as they are living in the space that they live. And that's the life that they live. It doesn't have to be that difficult. But when your mind stops impeding your perception, the game changes. And someday you may be able to conceive of the world where that happens. But it takes time, and it takes effort. And you're going to get there. Don't worry. But someday, someday you will. It's going to take time for you to see the world. Just see it as it is. Do you judge a flower for being a flower? You say, oh, you should look like a rose. Instead, you're a sunflower. A tree. You should be an aspen. <laughs> not, a, not a fig tree. 
No one does that. We only do it to humans. And it sucks because imagine how often we degrade people for being who they are. That's silly. There are exceptional people. I said that you are exceptional, and I mean it. Like, you are exceptional. But for every person like you, for every person that experiences the world and and wants to be their genuine self and then is told no, that is also you. You are that person. I, <laughs> I was on, um, I think I was on mushrooms one time and i listen i i have done illicit drugs in the past but when i did mushrooms i i walked through my uh living room and i live with uh with a, a young lady and she had a guy over and i saw him and i saw her and i was very much on mushrooms so i was kind of tripping a little bit but what i saw was when i looked at them and i walked outside and i leaned on this railing and i said if I didn't know this was my life. I could be anyone. You can be anyone if you open yourself to the possibility. And that is the truth. And so we dismiss people constantly based on our perception of them or their perceptions of themselves. Oh, yeah, that person has no confidence. I don't want to hang out with him. I don't know. It doesn't really matter. But what is so urgently reflected in this truth is that we dismiss people just based on our perception of them. And that is the wrong thing to do. But that's what happens when you're controlled by the mind. So yes, you are exceptional. But recognize that, and I think that's the other part, is the enlightening part. The vision part has to do so much with how you view people. Namaste, right? Namaste is basically I, I bow to the divine within you, right? Maybe I'm wrong, but as far as I know, that's correct. So we bow to each other in this, you know, very sacred way to say like, wow, look at you. I see the blessed divine within you because like God is within you, right? That's the idea. So we're ble- we're bowing and, and, and praising the other person for being so divine. But that's the point. You are divine and the other person is divine. And all you see is what you want to see through them. And... That's kind of the point, you know, just like you're caught, someone else can be caught and be somewhere else in their lives, you know, somewhere mentally, you're caught somewhere mentally, because if you have a perception of them, aren't you also caught in the cycle of comprehension and understanding? Being available and being receptive to the changes and the variety of people in our lives it opens everything up, but it starts with easing your mind into being a servant and not a master. That is a tool for you, just like a physical, like the, you know, the body is a physical tool. The mind is a physical tool. You know, it's, it's made of physical stuff, form, but it is, it is simply a tool. And when you get to the point where the mind isn't an issue, then you're set. It's going to be good. It's going to be good for you. It's been good for me, but again, there is that point. And this is where I go back into the frustration of enlightenment is I feel like there's more work to do. And 
I'm happy being here because it's all here. But I wonder if I'm missing something. What work is there left to do? They say that in the like the Bhagavad Gita, everything that you do, you use it as a devotion, you know, as a you're the example of, you know, your effort towards loving God or whatever, anything. And I just I feel like that's not something that I really I really understood until recently that you can just use the present as a way to reflect the goodness of of the love that you feel for your your you could call it interconnectedness you can call it the Tao you can call it um God or or Krishna or Ram or literally anything this is a a, a method and it's all a method everything's a method everything that you do meditation is a method to connect to that place where you feel connected to God or or whatever I don't care Satan, I don't care, whatever it is that you're connecting to, connect to it, find that place. But it comes without the mind. And the mind is really the last obstacle. Once you defeat the mind, you're free to do what you want. And that's why people feel so free when they're enlightened. When that's why people say, I'm free. Free from what? Free from the burden of getting caught. Break free. Have a great day, and we'll talk to you next time.